Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a winning edition. Hornets dominating Dallas to the tune of a 129-108 victory that sends the Hornets back above 500 for the first time in roughly a month now, Charlotte 36 and 35 on the season. We'll break down last night's win, talk about what it means for the Hornets in the standings. Also want to talk about a milestone reached last night elsewhere in the NBA. LeBron James ascending to number two on the all-time scoring charts. What it means and put it in perspective, as great as LeBron has been, how it might compare to, say, the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan and what his scoring totals were and maybe would have been in the NBA history. And, of course, we'll do some scoreboard watching. It's that time of year old. Only 11 games remaining now on the season. Hornets in a tight bunch right now between 8 and 10, where there's really no more than two games separating Brooklyn, Charlotte, and Atlanta. But perhaps some opportunities for the Hornets to climb in the standings. We'll take a look at some of the games we're watching today. Helping me out on today's podcast, he's my producer on the Hornets Radio Network, Rob Longo, back with us again here on the HHC. And Rob, a tremendous performance, 129-108, to the final score. Hornets outdueling Dallas. And this one really came down to me to a team playing brilliant team basketball versus a team that had one brilliant individual who had a brilliant night. There's no question Luka Doncic, one of the world's best, he had a, a spectacular game even by his standards in just 30 minutes only played three quarters he had 37 points made a career high eight threes several of which were just ridiculous but the Hornets team basketball ends up winning the day I jokingly said before we even went on air yesterday about the fact that with all of the pieces that were missing for the Mavericks that Luka Doncic was going to end up maybe taking 50 shots he ended up taking 20 through 30 minutes that ended up being three quarters of work because he didn't even see the floor in the fourth quarter but you know give credit to Luka trying 
trying to carry the Mavericks. I mean, keep in mind, too, it was the second night of a back-to-back for them. You can say that it was a schedule win. We talk about schedule losses all the time here on the Hornets Hivecast, but you can talk about it being maybe a schedule win for Charlotte, but you still got to go out and take care of business. I mean, you know, the Mavs weren't simply just going to roll over and let the Hornets win this one just because they were on the second night of a back-to-back and they were on the end of a very lengthy road trip. I think this was their fifth road game. With that said, Dallas played really good in the second and third quarters. I mean, they made it a two-point game midway through the third quarter. Hornets had to call a timeout. Luka had 31 points at that stage of the contest, and then the Hornets were able to come out and rip a 9-0 runoff, finish the quarter on a 28-8 run, and that was really the ball game right there. But yeah, you go back to the initial thing. I know I got on a little bit of a tangent there, but you go back and you talk about team basketball and individual basketball. Hornets, after the first quarter of play, had 10 assists off 12 made field goals. The Mavericks had three assists off nine made buckets. That's just simply the way that Dallas plays the game. They try to grind it out. They try to give Luka Doncic some great open looks. Obviously, they didn't have all their pieces last night with Spencer Dinwiddie out. He was a, been a big contribution since they brought him over from Washington just a couple of weeks ago. But all in all, you know, you got to play who's in front of you, and that's what happened. I mean, keep in mind, you know, when these two teams play back in December, Hornets are missing pretty much their entire backcourt in that one due to health and safety protocols. Luka didn't play in that one either, but when he's not on the floor, they become a more traditional team centered squad. I mean, that's basically what it looks like. So it's kind of like night and day when he's out on the floor and then when he's on the bench getting some rest. But all in all, Hornets, like we mentioned on the podcast yesterday, they might not have a 50-point scorer go out there, but they're going to have seven guys in double figures, and that's what happened last night. They did indeed. Just a great team effort. And yes, Dallas was on night two of a back-to-back, but they've played well this year on night two of back-to-backs all season long. They still have a winning record, I believe, on night two of back-to-backs, and they're one of the elite teams overall in the NBA at 43-28, and even after last night's loss. So I definitely understand, and I'm kind of with you. I thought going into this one, this could be a schedule win, but every time I started to think that. I was like, well, Dallas still has Luka Doncic, and they still have this winning record in night two of back-to-back. Just a very, very good team. Before we get to stars of the night, a couple of things that this win signifies. First off, it's a four-game win streak. Makes the team, the Hornets, the hottest team right now in the NBA in terms of longest active win streak at this stage of the season. It also shows that they've kind of turned a corner here on being able to play and win without Gordon Hayward. This is the 16th straight game that that Gordon Hayward's been unavailable. The team is now 8-8 eight and eight in that stretch. And, of course, a lot of it coming with recent wins here for the Hornets. I mean, they started off that stretch without Gordon Hayward really in a dark place, having a hard time coming up with wins there in February. And then lately they have turned the corner. They've won six of their last eight and, of course, four in a row. So figuring out a way to win without Gordon is important. We talked about it at the end of the broadcast. It's not to say that this team won't be infinitely better once they have Gordon. They'll get that much deeper. These performances we're seeing from guys like P.J. Washington will slide to bench performances. Everyone's just going to get better having a former All-Star and Gordon Hayward out there on the floor. But it does mean that you found a way to win if circumstances force you to play without him. And at some point in the trajectory of this team, Miles Bridges, LaMelo Ball will take over fully, and, and there won't be a Gordon Hayward, whether you know that's in two years or five years or whatever it is, it's going to happen at some point. Their ages are that much different. we got to assume Gordon Hayward's not going to play forever. So the fact that they've figured this out now to this extent is a really good sign for the future. The best version of the Hornets includes Gordon Hayward. I- I'm not saying anything different from that, but it's a great sign that the team is not so reliant on him 
as they have been for most of these last two seasons, that they just couldn't find victories. Last year, similar circumstances. Hornets couldn't find a win without Gordon Hayward to get them into the 7-8 playing game or, or various other circumstances. This point in time, they seem to have found that answer. Miles Bridges, after the game yesterday, talked about the difference in this year's Hornets team versus the previous iterations he's been a part of. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been preaching that since like the since we got down to like 20 games left. You know, I, I was just saying I've been here before. You know, and both years that, that we all three years where we could have made the playoffs, we didn't we didn't finish like we wanted to. So I just want this year to be different, and everybody's everybody buy into it, and we're playing good. Right now, the Hornets still have mathematically a chance of making it to a top six seed. It's certainly not out of the question, but in terms of improving their standings, we'll talk more about that in scoreboard watching later. Uh, Hornets great performance here. Miles individually now four straight games with multiple made threes, shooting better than 60% from beyond the arc in that stretch. Those last four games also again four straight victories. Time to pick top performers, our stars of the night. Rob Longo, you go first. This was a tough one. Plenty to pick from when you have seven players and double figures, but I got to go with P.J. Washington. Lamelo, one-on-one with Luka Doncic. Hits him with a crossover. Drives the lane. Nice feed down the P.J. Washington. Two-handed slam. Timeout, Dallas. As much as that was a highlight for LaMelo Ball, P.J. Washington certainly had to finish the play, too. So, P.J. last night, he finishes with 21 points. He was a plus 29 out there on the floor, which was tied for a game high with a certain LaMelo Ball as well. Shot the ball pretty well, 8 of 14 from the field. 5 of 9 from beyond the arc. It felt like in that third quarter, he was kind of trying to go shot for shot a little bit with Luka Doncic. And speaking of that third quarter, the Hornets put up 41 points in the third frame. Dallas put up 28 and Luka had 21 of them. So uh, just a heroic effort from Luka just didn't really end up going the way of the Mavericks, obviously. But ever since his winning streak has started, P.J. has slowly started to ramp up his scoring. You go back to that win in New Orleans, didn't play particularly well from an offensive standpoint, did the intangibles, right? He was a plus 14, a plus minus. He only had six points. Ended up with six points in Oklahoma City as well. He was a plus 25. The other night in Atlanta, finishes with 16 points, was a plus nine. So he's able to kind of culminate everything together here, score 21 points be a very high positive and a plus minus with a plus 29 that's why he is my gold star top player whatever you want to call it here tonight for the hornets i love the pick i love the way pj's playing i think he's done so much for this team all season long kind of taken not a secondary role but paring down his shot selection quite a bit over the course of the season he's a guy who's been a consistent starter his entire career he's been asked to go to the bench for the most part this season he's done it willingly he's just played great basketball for the team there's been several nights where you know he hasn't scored in double figures because he's taking five four shots per game, but he's gotten hot here the last two nights. Comes out with a season high 21. Love the pick. Love the way he's playing. Very good selection. A lot of ways we can go with this, but as you mentioned, seven different players in double figures. But I think LaMelo Ball was the star of the show. A blitz Luka Doncic. Double team comes. LaMelo Ball secures it. Throws the lot for Bridges. He's caught underneath the backboard. Throws back to the corner for Ball. Ball for three. Yes, sir! Rip the net cord. LaMelo Ball drilling another Lowe's three-point shot. Hornets come out, guns ablaze, and they're up 8 nothing. a minute 15 into the contest. LaMelo Ball went one-on-one with Luka Doncic. They're very different guards. They're very different in terms of their style of play and how they control the game. But there's no question, even though Luka scored 37 points in the game for Dallas, that LaMelo had the better play over the course of the night. LaMelo was a plus 29. Luka Doncic was a minus 30. Maybe better play isn't the right way of saying it, but he was better able to control the game. And just some of the little things that... 
LaMelo was able to do. Yes, he shot the ball really well. Five for eight from beyond the arc. That's fantastic. Seven assists is great especially when you consider it was against zero turnovers. He had three fouls, all were in the second half. He stayed out of foul trouble the entire game. He really controlled this one. We're seeing a next level of maturity in his game, in how he's controlling things. Isaiah Thomas talked about it earlier in the win streak, about how LaMelo is really controlling play minute one to minute 48 in a way that he he hasn't necessarily done previously. He's doing it now. And so I thought it was one of the best games we've seen all season for LaMelo as he orchestrated that victory for Charlotte. They improved to 36-35. and 35. They're solidly in ninth right now in the Eastern Conference. We'll talk more about what they can do to move up, move down, move around in the Eastern Conference uh, compared to some other teams later on in our scoreboard watching segment. Coming up next, though, a milestone achieved by LeBron James for the Lakers and actually a loss against the Washington Wizards, but still noteworthy nonetheless. We'll talk about it next here on the Hornets Hivecast. I get allergy care from the doctors at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates who know how to treat me, not just my symptoms. Now that my allergies are under control, I can ride my bike whenever I want, just like I did as a kid. Senta offers allergy testing and a wide range of treatment in North and South Carolina. Play like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. A milestone achieved in the NBA yesterday. LeBron James moved to second on the all-time scoring list. He ended up with 38 points and 10 rebounds in a game the Lakers blew in Washington. They were up by six heading to the fourth quarter. They were up by nine heading to the second half. Ended up getting outscored 34-20. 20 in the fourth quarter, and the Wizards win 127 to 119. So that puts a little bit of a damper, I would say, on LeBron James' individual achievement. But nonetheless, he moves to number two on the all time scoring list, passing Carl Malone. He's now sitting at 36,947 points, trailing only Kareem Abdul Jabbar on the all time scoring list. It comes in a loss. I'm sure LeBron James would be the first to say he'd rather have the win on this particular night than have that milestone reach. So, for some interesting quotes, I'm sure, but still, you got to applaud LeBron James for his longevity, his ability to stay healthy. He's been a special player for a long, long time and another special and well learned achievement. Yeah, and I think what you mentioned right there was pretty much what it means. I think it just is an ode to kind of the longevity that LeBron has really been able to do. I mean, when you take a look at it right now, LeBron's played 1,363 games, passing Carl Malone, of course, last night on that list of all-time scorers. Carl Malone did it in 1,476 games, so he's doing it in fewer games as well. And keep in mind, too, obviously, over the last couple of seasons, I don't want to say worn down is the right term, but he's definitely had some more injuries that have caused some setbacks, and that's just kind of the nature of being a nearly two-decade NBA veteran, is your body is going to not fall apart, but it's just going to not be as reliable as it was when you were 19. I mean, you know, I'll be 29 in a couple weeks, and I wake up, and if I slept wrong, I have a bad back. 
back. Now, I know I'm not an elite NBA player, but that's just kind of the nature of life in general. So, you know, a great job by LeBron, obviously. He's done it so many different ways with so many different teams and so many different teammates, too. I mean, if you go back and think about some of those teams that he carried to the NBA Finals in Cleveland, I mean, they were just, you know, you look at some of the names and you think that it's hard to believe that a team with those players and those guys that were putting up those kind of numbers made it to an NBA Finals mostly because of LeBron James. So not only is he able to do it scoring-wise, he's able to be a great facilitator as well. He always talks about how he prides himself on his passing ability too and how he wants to be one of the best to do it in terms of assists. He wants to be one of the top assist getters of all time as well. So, you know, just another great accomplishment by LeBron. Note to self, we are not LeBron James athletic. Unfortunately. <laughs> it's remarkable. His durability, his ability to just, not just stay at the top of his game, but at the top of the game from age 20 to now age 37. It's crazy what he's been able to accomplish and a well-earned one and a great ambassador for the game and just everything he does really impresses me. Can't say enough about him. I got a chance to cover his family a little bit. I covered Bronny James when he was playing in high school and getting to see the way he would interact with his son courtside, you know, the way he acts as a father. Just everything impresses about LeBron James. You can't say enough. Now he trails Kareem Abdul-Jabbar by about 1,400 points, which means it's not happening this season. He could average 50 the rest of the way. He's still not going to get there. Kareem played in 1,560 career games. LeBron James about 200 fewer games and he is 1,400 points away. So it seems if he continues to play for at least a season or two, he should get there. If he had the exact same season he has this season, next season, he will surpass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and he'd be a fitting holder of the title. But it is worth noting as we look around at who's in the top five, some of the career games played and maybe wonder what would have been. So you've got number one is Kareem, 1,500 career games played. LeBron James now number two, 1,363, so about 200 less games than Kareem. Karl Malone's now third. He played in 1,476 games. Kobe Bryant, fourth, roughly the equivalent number of games that LeBron played in, played in 1,346. Fifth place all time is Michael Jordan, 1,072 career games. His final total, 32,292. So about 6,000 shy of Kareem. Right now about 4,500 shy of LeBron James. When you think of all those games that he didn't play, he skipped four seasons, one for baseball, three in retirement after the six titles before he returned and played for Washington. Plus, he was hurt most of his second season when he was a youngster, but still one of the elite scorers in the game. Add on top of that, the year he returned from baseball, he didn't play most of that season, so that's a, another one he would have had. And he went to college, which is something that LeBron James didn't do. So he started when he was 21. If he starts at 19, that's even more games. So I think conservatively, we could say there's about 400 games that Michael Jordan could have played that he didn't play if he averages 20 points per game through those which, by the way, is what he did at age 39 playing for the Wizards, that's 8,000 points. He would have had 40,000. So sometimes the number itself is the greatness, and those marks should be celebrated because they're rare, few and far between, and, and they're spectacular. But there's a little bit of the what could have been that's that much more special. It's the Barry Sanders retiring so much earlier than most people thought he could have or should have in his NFL career, and similarly here for Michael Jordan, that what could have been possible, what could have been achieved in those 400 games, we'll never know. But 
while the all-time leaderboard's not going to have Michael Jordan on top of it in what could have or should have happened had he played all those years and all those games, I think there's no doubt Michael Jordan, the greatest ever to do it. All right, coming up next, we're scoreboard watching. It's an off day for the Hornets today, but uh, plenty of action in the NBA. What are some of the other games we've got an eye on? What could their results mean for the Hornets? We'll tell you next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, make sure you download the Hornets app this season for an enhanced game day experience. The Hornets app is your home for the game day digital program with all the information on your favorite team and giveaways every game day. You'll also find predictive games, mobile food ordering, and even a wallet for your NFTs. Download the Hornets app today. We always want to be playing your best basketball right now, and I think our group is locked in. We're obviously getting healthier. You know, there's some rhythm here with our group. I think we're playing well, we're playing together, and we're playing hard. That's all I can ask of this group. Every single night, just go out and battle, keep competing. And obviously having our home crowd behind us is uh, is a positive for us. So just love the mentality overall, the starters, the bench. There's really, you know, there's synergy. There's a connection out there. We just got to sustain it now. Hornets head coach James Borrego after the big win over Dallas, 129-108, to 108, the final score. Talking about this stretch here for the Hornets. Certainly seem to be playing some of their best basketball. Four straight games with 30 or more assists. Four straight wins. Hornets right now the hottest team in the NBA. Currently sitting in ninth in the overall standings with a record one game above 500. A little bit of that, Rob Longo, is bad luck because most years... A record above 500 has you solidly in the top eight at minimum. Last season, a record above 500, as the Hornets have right now, if they held that at the end of the season, would have been the seven seed. So you're talking about the 7-8 the game at minimum of the play, and there's many other seasons where you would have been on your own a top six seed with this type of win percentage. This year, the Hornets sit in ninth, just a half game ahead of Atlanta, and a game, full game, back of Brooklyn, even further back of Toronto, who currently sits in seventh. But there are some possibilities here, so let's do some scoreboard watching. The first game that comes to mind, Rob, the one that's kind of obvious, is the one involving the Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta half game behind the Hornets. They are hosting the Pelicans tonight. Hornets will host the Pelicans tomorrow. Pretty easy to figure out why we're watching this one. Well, yeah, I mean, just because they're so bunched up in the standings, but to take it one step further based off of the unlucky luckiness, luckiness, whatever you want to call it, with this 36-35 and record that the Hornets have right now, that would be good for eighth in the Western Conference. I mean, you're looking at a first-round play-in tournament game at your home, and you're getting two cracks at it. So you always go back and forth. Everybody always says that the West is the better conference. You look at what the Suns have been able to accomplish at 57-14 and heading into tonight's action and say, oh, the Western Conference is superior to the Eastern Conference. That's not the case. The Western Conference is just very top-heavy. I think you always go and you look at the little bit of a bottom of those standings when you take a look at teams like the Clippers, the Lakers, the Pelicans that are in that play-in tournament picture where, you know, they're one, 11, 12 games below 500. And then you go back and you look at the Eastern Conference, you look at the Hornets who are now a game above 500 and they're still sitting in ninth. So that's my little soapbox about how people think that the West might be better than the East. But yeah, obviously that game tonight for Atlanta is big. It's also big for the Pelicans too, just for the same reason that I talked about there. You got a little bit of a cushion over San Antonio for the final play-in tournament spot, but they're thinking big picture now. They're trying to get a home game in the first round of the play-in tournament after the Los Angeles loss last night. So as big as a game as it is for the Hornets, it's a big game for the Hawks 
Hawks, obviously, and it's almost a bigger game for the Pelicans as well. So that's going to be a fun one to watch tonight. Yeah, it's good to, to point out the incentive for New Orleans because they made that deal for C.J. McCollum. They, they clearly want to give incentive for Zion Williamson, if possible, to return this season and, and have something to play for. Look, the Pelicans are playing decent basketball as of late. They've won five of their last ten. They just got done blowing the doors off of that same San Antonio team that's chasing them. They were up 35-10 to 10 after a quarter and won 124-91. to 91. C.J. McCollum's back in the lineup, but they're playing a very good Atlanta team when they are at home. The Hawks are well above 500 on their home floor. It's night one of a back-to-back for them. Night two is against the Hornets, so I'm sure every Charlotte fan will be rooting for the Pelicans to do what they can to create any kind of separation between the Hornets and Hawks. Two other games, in my mind, that are worth keeping an eye on. One also involves a team chasing Charlotte right now. That'd be the New York Knicks. They're hosting the Utah Jazz. On paper, this is not a very good matchup, but you know there is the incentive here from a Hornets perspective that with a Knicks loss, the magic number could become a little bit smaller. Uh, it's now influenced by both Washington and New York, but any kind of breathing room helps the Hornets. And after what we went through last year going down the stretch, I'm not counting anything as in until that magic number is zero. So that is a game worth watching. A Jazz win helps the Hornets a little bit there. Last but not least, Toronto at Philadelphia. Now, Toronto is still playing winning basketball over the course of their overall road trip. They played very good basketball, quite frankly, in the last couple of weeks, but it's not outside the realm of possibility for them to be caught. If Toronto loses this game, their lead over the Hornets is just three, and Charlotte still has three games left on this homestand, and they've got a favorable final three games of the season to close it out. It's not outside the realm of possibility if Toronto picks up another L here. So Raptors at 76ers, Philadelphia an elite team right now. They're contending for the number two spot. They got every reason in the world to go out there and try and you know pick up that win. This is one that I've got my eye on because I'm not saying it's a, a firm likelihood that Charlotte's going to catch Toronto because the Raptors are going to have to help the Hornets out a lot with some losses and Charlotte's going to have to continue on this winning streak, but it becomes more possible if the Raptors drop that game to Philly. Well, no, and then this is the the rest of the schedule that the Raptors have out. They still have to play Philly again, so they got two left against the 76ers. They got one against Miami. They got one against Boston, one against Chicago, one against the Minnesota team that's been very surprising. And speaking of surprising teams, they got one more against Cleveland as well. And the Cavs aren't really out of the woods yet in that sixth spot either. I mean, they're going to be battling as well. So that game, depending on what happens with Toronto, that game between the Cavs and the Raptors might come down for the sixth spot in the Eastern Conference. Now, obviously, for the sake of the Hornets, they hope that's not the case because that means that both teams have kind of faltered and the Hornets have been able to kind of springboard into that conversation for a top six spot, which, again, is kind of a long shot at this point. But, yeah, certainly, I mean, like we talked about with Washington last year. I mean, the Wizards, we're not going to count a magic number until it, it hits zero. That could be the same case here for the Raptors or the Cavaliers in regards to the Hornets. I mean, if the Hornets get hot and those teams kind of falter down the stretch, you never know what's going to happen. So some games to watch tonight uh, as you get ready for Hornets versus the Pelicans on Monday. We will have a preview podcast for that one, of course, to get you ready for it. But between now and then, perhaps some things that could influence the standings. If the Pelicans beat the Atlanta Hawks, Charlotte not only remains in ninth, but their lead grows to a full game. If the 76ers beat the Raptors, maybe that seventh spot becomes more of a possibility with the Hornets only trailing by three games 
the Raptors win, it becomes four games. Four and eleven is a little bit more difficult than three and eleven. But anything is possible at this time of the year. Rob Longo, thanks as always for joining me today here on the Hornets Hivecast. Pleasure as always, Sam. Glad to have your voice back. Uh, at least partially. We're, it's getting there. We're grinding through. We're grinding through. Thanks as well to all of you for tuning in today. A reminder: we will indeed have a game day edition of the Hornets Hivecast for you tomorrow. Getting you ready for Hornets against the New Orleans Pelicans. Till then, for everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.